You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. So I think that's the opportunity for healing. And it goes beyond the photo. Like, how would you show up in the world if you felt confident in yourself? Or if that part of yourself that felt that fear of being seen was not there anymore or like was healed? How would your life be different? How would your brand be different? a year since the COVID-19 global pandemic changed so much in so many people's lives. And for many people, that also included finding themselves in a photo desert. And what I mean by photo desert is that they are currently right now in 2022, only having images taken prior to COVID-19 as options to use on their marketing and their social media ads and in their daily posting and newsletters. But what if I told you that there was another alternative to that? What if there are some people who have made the decision and the choice to actually learn how to take better quality photos of themselves and use that opportunity to boost their comfortability in front of the camera, their confidence, and their skill set so that if there's ever any moment where they don't have access to the photographer of their choice, they can still create something of quality on their own. You're listening to Flaunt Your Fire, the branding and visibility podcast where we own our values as we amplify our influence. I am your host, India Jackson, and I am so excited for this conversation today because I don't know about you, but I just... I see so many people and I'm going to raise my hand and say that I have been one of them too, where I am digging into old photos. Well, I can't think of anybody better to have this conversation about taking your own photographs and having confidence in front of the camera and exploring learning this new skill set without it taking a whole lot of your time or life or having to buy all the gear than Lucia Donnell. Lucia is a Los Angeles-based Argentinian-born photographer and educator. She helps people feel comfortable in front of the camera using spiritual psychology tools. Creating a safe space for vulnerability and authentic expression is rooted in honesty and caring. She believes that words are a powerful tool for intention. Accepting our humanness is key to self-empowerment and letting ourselves be visible. Lucia works closely with how we relate to ourselves as we are being in front of the camera. 
And she uses multiple spiritual psychology tools and techniques to support you in letting go of any challenges that you may feel in the moment, from shyness to judgments about your appearance. She's covering all of that and supporting you in letting go of the fears and doubts that are keeping you from authentically showing who you truly are to the world. And this episode is so, so, so exciting for me because, you know, I did photography for so many years and I love digging into the tech and the artistry of it all. But also the truth of the matter is that Lucia is going to share that one of the most important pieces of gear, the best camera you can have is the one that's already on you. And a large part of the quality of image that you create truly is captured from what lives within you that you choose to share visually to the world. And that doesn't have a piece of gear attached to it. That doesn't have a price tag attached to that. Well, in this episode, we're going to be talking about so much, including what is spiritual psychology, the relationship between vulnerability and authentic expression, why being skilled at taking your own photos is so important. We're going to go into why quality photos can be taken with the camera you already have and debunk some of the myths about gear and Also, really dig into how self-portraits are an exercise in self-confidence, and you're able to work that self-confidence muscle by taking your portraits consistently, just like we would consistently work our muscles with a little weight in our arm at the gym. (laughs) Well, I am so excited to dig in, and why make you wait any further? Let's get the show on the road. Oh my goodness. I am so excited to have you here today, Lucia. Thank you for having me, India. Um, I feel like we've already been like chit-chatting a little bit, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I think it's uh, so great to see you again. Well, hear you again. I know. And conversation with you is always so great. And it's interesting. Every time I talk to you, I find that we have more things that overlap in our experiences and <laughs> than we ever realized. Um, but for those that are listening, I know they've already heard me read your bio. And it's one thing to have what, you know, is predetermined is going to be said about someone. It's another to have someone kind of describe themselves in their own words. So could you share with the listeners a little bit about who you are? Yeah, let's start with, um, I'm from Argentina originally. Erica laughed uh, that I said that also on her interview because I I kind of like think that sometimes when people hear a little bit of an accent, they get distracted and they start to try to guess where I'm from instead of like really listening to what I have to say. So, Oh my gosh, I never even considered that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, that might be a thing. <laughs> so I'm like, you can relax. The accent you hear is from Buenos Aires, Argentina, uh, where I grew up and I moved to the States in 2010, where my life changed dramatically after winning the green card lottery. And uh, now I spend my time teaching self-portraiture, teaching how to make your own videos, how to feel confident on camera so that you can show up and be seen as the expert that you are, as the shining light that you are in probably in most of like your immediate circle and so that you can do that online as well and impact more lives and become more visible. I kind of like you, India, I have a background in 
fine arts, photography, and psychology. So <laughs> I feel like every time, like you were saying, like every time we talk a little bit more, uh, we get to see the parallel lives that we've been living. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know if there's anything specific you would like me to share uh, about myself. Um, I live with my partner and my two cats in L.A., and uh, my two cats are adorable and equally troublemakers. <laughs> this is being recorded as actually after. So this is November uh, 18th. And we just set up the Christmas tree this, this last week. And this is like their favorite time of the year because they get to find the ornaments in the tree and take them out <laughs> and try to take them out. It's like their favorite game. <laughs> So now oh my my, well, my ornaments have to be non-glass. So I found on Target this really beautiful, like from the jungle, this um, like they're like felt or cloth uh, made uh, ornaments and they're amazing. My vet was telling me how my cat is actually a little anxious and maybe depressed and he needs more play. So I added way more boxes and way more games that are more interactive where he feels like he's hunting. So I think that the tree kind of also gets into that purpose of like the hunt is like oh he's getting something off the tree and it's just like oh, his purpose is being fulfilled every day <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> everything you just shared there like really made me think about how emotionally attuned you are and aware and just your background and psychology and you talked about like purpose and things like that with me and I find it interesting that while many would go to your Instagram account, please do and follow. Uh, you can find the link in the show notes. Um, <laughs> you're seeing the photography and the wonderful skill set that you have and how artistic and beautiful your images are. But there's so much behind that um, of linking that to psychology. And it's something that was always really interesting to me to be able to get to know and learn people and make that connection between what's happening inside and trying to convey that on the outside for someone else to be able to feel it too. And for you, you've gone into a very specific area of psychology called spiritual psychology. So could you share what is spiritual psychology? I guess the easiest way to explain spiritual psychology is Psychology used to be the study of the soul and just from like, like if you break down the word originally, and I think along the way we forgot the soul and we focused on the mind and that's why psychology became psychology and the study of the mind. But truly spiritual psychology acknowledges that we are a soul having a human experience and your mind, your soul and your heart, they all work together. In, 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 in the purpose of learning, growing, healing, like what are we doing with this <laughs> human life, you know? Why are we here? So it's not necessarily mm -hmm. like a practice specific in terms of spirituality. I feel like a lot of people think spirituality and they think religion. So this is not a religious thing. And this is about just acknowledging that you have a soul. And the practice of uh, spiritual, spiritual psychology is... We are going through life. There's going to be challenges, upsets, um, things that, as we call it, disturb our peace. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. a good way of saying it. 
And the practice of spiritual psychology is to heal whatever's keeping you from experiencing that inner peace that's natural, naturally there. And usually it comes from healing the hurt that is below the upset, right? So um, healing is the application of loving inside where the place where you're hurting. And so when you look at it as a whole practice, all you're doing is going back into that place of neutrality where you can experience a joyful, peaceful, graceful life. And anything that is not that is just merely an opportunity to learn and grow. Mm, I love that explanation. And when you lay it out like that, the work is so important. Uh, being able to access joy is something that I think is everyone's birthright. And yet there are so many people that, um, you know, could use some support or use some healing to be able to better access that. Mm. And it's a conversation that we have very, very frequently over at Pause on the Play um, about how joy is also a form for people who come from specific backgrounds and demographics. Um, it's a form of resistance. It's a form of saying, you know what, all of these things can happen and still I can be joyful. Still I can access happiness in my life. And I think that a lot of people these days, what I'm encountering again and again, especially online, especially people that um, want to be seen, that they're not getting out there, they're not sharing what they do, they're not putting their photos, they're not making videos, they're not sharing like anything, you know, they're stuck, right? A lot of people are fighting for their limitations. I hear um, if you put so much energy, the same energy, equal energy, not even like less or more <laughs> that you put into fighting for not for saying like, I don't want to put on makeup <laughs> or whatever that is, whatever is keeping you from getting on camera. If you put that amount of, of energy into fighting for actually being in cooperation with what you want to do in your life, you would have so much grace and you would actually get a lot done that is like on purpose for you. Because um, we all want peace, but then we also want to be right. We want to, <laughs> we want to uh, ha have like, no, this was, this is hard for me and I wanted it to be hard or this is what I want. And you know what I mean? I feel like there's a lot of that inner dialogue going on that we don't even notice. And for me, it shows up in other ways. I'm not saying that I'm not exempt from this. I'm just saying that I've noticed it more and more when it comes to online presence. Yeah. I mean, I think that that ability to put that energy into saying rather than here's all the reasons why I don't want to do this, here's the reasons why I'm going to do it anyway, requires a bit of vulnerability. I mean, showing up, period, and deciding to be visible and then letting others witness you in any capacity requires vulnerability and if you're going to do that from a place of intentionality and integrity, it also requires authenticity. And I'm wondering for you, um, when you think about those two words, what might be the relationship between vulnerability and authentic expression? You know, there's um, 
you know how sometimes people think like, oh, oh, there's so many fake people out there online or have you ever heard that like someone being fake online? Uh, yeah, definitely. I okay. heard that a lot more when I was more so in the world of uh, models and actresses and influencers um, as the primary bit of my network. Um, I feel like that comes up a lot in that community. So I think that, quote unquote, the fake part, right? The, the being fake, the fakeness, if you will, it's merely a defense mechanism that we are putting in place to protect our vulnerability. And so because whatever is behind the, the, the fakeness, right, is like the, behind this beautiful coping mechanism that up until now it has served these people or like has served you for from you know probably a fear that's behind there like what what would happen if people actually saw the real you well if there's any part of you that believes that that aspect of you is unworthy of being seen loved or not enough then of course you're going to make everything that you have in your capacity to protect that part of yourself because you're a smart person you are resourceful, right? So you will come up with um, something to cover it in order for you to be able to survive. So it's not that you're being fake, you're just surviving. And mm. uh, when it comes to, right? <laughs> it's a powerful way of looking at that. Yeah. And so I have so much compassion for anyone that thinks like, oh, the, the, that person's a fake or whatever. No, they're just merely surviving. I used to you may not notice this because I'm so collected, you know, calm and collected right now. But um, I used to use humor a lot as a mechanism um, because when I grew up, when I was growing up, my dad, if I was like, if I had like made a mistake or if I got into trouble or whatever, um, if I was able to make my dad laugh, I would not get time out. So my Make, like my coping mechanism became humor because I knew if I was able to make you laugh, I would not get into trouble. Mm. Because how can he be the same person that puts you in timeout and the person that's laughing? No, he can't be. <laughs> he can't do both. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, that's how what I learned early on and early on. And so, like for example, like later on when my mom died and I was fourteen, I used humor to cope with grief. And so I then I used humor to cope with so many other things. And so a lot of the unlearning that I had to do was like, it's okay to be serious. It's okay to be calm. It's okay to be boring, quote unquote, what people think it's boring. And now, like, if you look at my Instagram, you know how some people think of reels and like think, oh my God, no, I can show off my, I can be funny on my videos for my business. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do a funny bit. I want to yeah. be as real as it is because that's not who I am anymore. I'm not, I'm not in my, and, and if at some point I, I have a joke to say, I'll say it. I'm not going to hold back my, my humor because my humor is beautiful, but it's, I'm not going to use it to protect myself from using the real me. Mm, thank you so much for feeling comfortable enough to share that with me and with the listeners, because I think that what you've shared can really resonate with so many people. And 
when you go back to like where that came from and then looking back now at how everyone is doing reels, it's the popular thing to do, right? And the world of marketing yourself and social media, what you see everyone else doing is using it as an opportunity to be funny, but is that really who you are and how can you make, you know, something like reels, which is on the rise, be your own? If you are normally this comedian, then you don't have to be a comedian in your reels. And to be honest, I started, um, and also like, I felt like I had, I don't know why, but for a second I was like, I need to be putting out more video content. And I was like about to fall into that FOMO. And I was like, no, Lucia, let's go back to basics. Let's go back to what's intentional. Let's go back to what do you have capacity for? Let's check in intuitively what seems reasonable. Like you are um, an entrepreneur. You're a team of one plus sometimes hiring other experts, you know, for little things, but not necessarily like in my day to day. And you know what? I'm going to do what I know. I'm going to go back to my strategy. I'm going to go live once a month. I'm going to touch on all the points that I want to say, and I'm going to repurpose that into eight reels. And that's what I've been doing. And I have always, um, now I have always reels to post because I was even going back to old um, IG lives that I've done throughout the year. And it's still relevant to my offers. For example, I talk a lot about the content that it's about my course of portrait confidence or my free masterclass and or my photo shoots, you know, or my video shoots. So a lot of the underlying topics are, are even though the offers change, it's all the same. It's all connected. Mm-hmm. So I've been able to repurpose a lot. And I have like some of my, uh, you know, talking uh, talking head, I call it like talking head tips or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Videos have thousands of views. You know what I mean? So and I'm not doing any funny bits and they're getting exposed to thousands of people that don't know my, didn't know my work yet. Yeah. I mean, part of what I hear you sharing is that you went back to your roots, so to speak, of what works for you instead of getting caught up in what the new latest thing to do is. And that's so, so important. Um, I love hearing people say they have a strategy and they're repurposing. Um, That makes my heart smile. And also it, it creates consistency for the people who choose to raise their hand and say, I want more of what you're doing by following you or subscribing to your newsletter or whatever that may be. They're getting what they came there for. Yeah. And and I I actually like think about it, like the person Let's use your podcast, for example. The person that listens to a whole podcast that you're putting out is not the same person that maybe watches like one 15-second reel in your feed or like in their own scrolling and then never sees you back, right? Like someone that actually goes and like goes and binges all your reels because they want more of your topic, binges all your podcast feed because they want to hear more of what you have to say. I want to talk to that person. Are you enjoying this conversation as much as I am? Well, I have a special request of you. I want you to take a moment, pull out your app that you're listening to this episode from 
and do a quick search for Pause on the Play. The Pause on the Play podcast is where the co-founder of Pause on the Play, Erica Corday, and I have all kinds of candid conversations where we really foster unique ways of thinking, living, and being. We're exploring what is normal and how normal for so many people can be totally different. And learning about other people's normals can really broaden our view of the world. We're exploring diversity, equity, inclusion, and there's some pretty cool guest over there. You'll get to hear from Jennifer Voss, the CEO of Martha Beck Incorporated, who's going to share a little bit about what it was like to transition from having a scholarship program to an awards program. You're going to hear from guests like Lucia coming up soon. Lucia will have an interview over at Pause in the Play where she's sharing about winning the green card lottery and what that even is, let alone um, how coming to America with such a very strong accent caused people to think differently about her or make assumptions about who she was. And so it's just a whole other area and avenue. And since you're already listening to this podcast and you love these conversations, I know you're going to love Pause on the Play. So thank you for heading over, giving it a follow and checking out the show. Now back to the Fart Your Fire podcast. Some of what you're sharing kind of takes me back to where my career began, which actually was modeling. Um, and I haven't talked about that in a while here on the podcast for anyone who's listening that's new. Um, but in that industry, you know, you are, you're paid to be whatever the client needs you to be to sell the thing, whether that's a product, a service, an idea, um, an image, if it's fine art, photography. And many times in that industry, when you make the decision to say, I want to change my career into a different direction as a model, an actress, an actor, an entertainer, um, the first place that people look is investing in the photographers they were already working with because you know them, you trust them. And many times they create more of the same of what they already knew you as or what they think you should be putting mm. you back into that box of their opinion. And basically they're deciding your brand for you. And when I think back on a lot of the reason why I started learning Photoshop and photography and transitioning from one side of the camera to the other, it's because I had seen that happen so many times. People saying, I want to intentionally create a space for people to come to for this or I intentionally want to be seen as the soccer bomb, you know, and I'm currently doing music videos as the hot chick, you know, <laughs> the hot woman <laughs> at the bar that everybody wants to talk to. And I want to transition out of that, but they would invest in their brand and they would get somehow even being like fully clothed and, you know, made up with different style of makeup and hair, they'd still get photos that had the hot chick at the bar energy <laughs> when they said they were trying to go soccer mom route. I'm like, what happened there? Um, yeah. And I found that for me, even when I first started to transition some pieces of my career from being mostly known for beauty modeling and a lot of it being very much um, like braids and weaves and that kind of modeling and wanting to go into things that went beyond that that my place of starting was experimenting with taking pictures of myself 
and using the timer or remote on my camera. This is like way back when DSLRs are still kind of a newer thing. Um, yeah. Digital cameras for those of you that don't know what I mean. Um, but that allowed me to take my power back of my public image and decide to craft that for myself. I'm curious to know for you along your journey of supporting so many people with being able to craft their own images of themselves, like what shows up for you and why do you think that that's so important for them to have that skill set? That is a great question. So most of my students are um, coaches and entrepreneurs and service providers and some artists as well. And what what ends up happening is that um, when they learn how to take their own photos, they get to be so like, OK, let me let me take a step back. But uh, like photography is a creative, artistic endeavor, right? It's a practice. And like anything, um, it might be hard a little bit in the beginning. But once you start doing it, it, it gets better and better. And the first photo you take um, when you start when you start learning is not going to be like as good as the first photo you take on your fifth photo shoot. You know what I mean? So it's always going to get better and better. So your skill set is going to improve, right? But what ends up happening is that what you're thinking that you want to create and what you actually end up creating gets to look more and more alike. So the first photo shoot is not going to look like what you envision probably like you're probably very ambitious in your creativity and your skill set is not there yet <laughs> so you need to <laughs> but this happens to every artist even myself right it's not you know like ambition versus reality right um so that aspect like the, the gap between how you feel inside about what you want to create and your skill set to actually create it the more you practice gets smaller and smaller. That gap becomes almost non-existent once you achieve a certain level of practice where you do it that often, right? I like to think of it as like working your creativity muscle, right? You have to be consistent and continue to go and lift the camera. <laughs> and yeah, and you know your it. settings. Yeah, then mm -hmm. the, you know, your, know your tech, right? Because the, not everything you're going to remember by heart from just like learning it once or watching one video, or maybe you need to go back and check, you know, when you're like, oh, how did that, why was I able to do this thing? Um, one of my students said like, oh my God, I have a DSLR and I was never able to use it on manual until I took your course. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like, I think somebody tried to explain it to her, like how to shoot on manual, like for so long. And like, it took her like to watch my lesson to actually get it. And that, that's great. You know, like she was able to up until then, she was able to do, even do stuff. But then there's also like the, the self-criticism, right? Uh, the part of us that thinks our work is not perfect enough. And like, that's something that you need to work on and forgive yourself for judging yourself or not being good enough and all that stuff. So that's working with yourself, right? But once you start developing your practice, you are able to craft such a unique visual aesthetic that people will recognize you even if there is the first time there is they see you because every time you put a post or every time you share something they're gonna be like oh I want to listen to what she has to say she's the person that does this kind of stuff right so like 
you become instantly recognizable, which is a really good thing. But also you stand out from everyone else, right? Because you're finding your true voice. And your true voice, even though like you use the thing of, of soccer mom, right? But the, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that there are archetypes that we can lean into. And there are, you know, types of photography that you can lean into and all that. And yet you are so unique because all the experiences that make you you. And those are the things that you're bringing to the table. Those are the things that you're, they're going to um, help you make the creative decisions in your photography, in your self-portraits. Because if you're doing this to advance your personal brand, your business, or even if you are a model, like what kind of, you got to be very selective of what you listen to, what you consume, what you want to put out there, you know? So if you want to start like having um, more uh, gigs that are more aligned with your values, share your values in your photos. You know what I mean? Uh, I love that. Thank you for saying that because I think so many times people can get caught on tech um, that they forget that when you are your own photographer, you have the opportunity to decide what you're showing people in the image beyond the tech, whether that's that you have a reusable tote bag because you're trying to reduce the plastic waste or whatever it is that you value. Those are the little things in the background of your image that really add up to someone's perception of what matters to you, not just who you are. Hmm. Speaking of tech, <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like it's like uh, it's impossible to have this conversation with other photographer without digging in tech. So, for any of you that are listening that do not know what a DSLR is, that is a digital single lens reflex, and it's a type of camera. Um, and there's a lot of different types of cameras. There's now mirrorless cameras, which. I still feel like because I'm so old school and learned on film is new, <laughs> even though it's not that new. Um, you know, you have the camera on your phone. You have so many cameras and so many options in the tech world. What would you say to someone who is telling themselves that this conversation is irrelevant to them because they don't have a fancy camera? The best camera is the camera you have. <sighs> Thank you. Say that again. <laughs> like I have a I have a fancy mirrorless camera. Um, I use it. Um, you know when I schedule my photo shoots, for example, when I so I schedule my self portrait shoots. I schedule my client shoots. Like I work with myself. The way I work with my clients is just like the only way that I can get it done in a very um, timely way, an efficient way. But there's so many times that I am inspired by what's going on that like like the way the light from the window is touching the kitchen counter. And I think, oh, maybe I should just get in there and do some like dark shadow photography work. <laughs> you know, like it's like sometimes inspiration strikes in the most in the least opportuni opportunist opportunity. How do you say that? Opportunity strikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the least, yeah. In the in the, the moment that you least expect it, right? Uh, yeah. And so, in those moments, I use my phone, and a lot of my students use their iPhones too. I have some of my students that have on like an iPhone Seven. It's not even the latest iPhone, and it's incredible the things that they do. 
it's so high quality. So I feel like um, if you want to learn more about how to use your phone to its full capability, like start learning, you know, because if that's what you have, use it. There's so many settings in your phone that you don't even know about. Like um, truly, it's just one of those things that um, would be, I mean, phones are phones are meant to be used easily. And then they're also meant to like, if you think about <laughs> like the iPhone, for example, or any other um, any other uh, smartphone, um, I have to say the difference between models from one year to the next has always been the better camera because I noticed like how incredible it is to have a good camera on hand at all times. And I used to be, I used to go, <laughs> I used to travel with my little point and shoot. Like that's, I used to go to parties with my little point and shoot. <laughs> I remember like, those how, days. How, how funny is that? I have like bathroom selfies with my little, like little point and shoot. My little Sony was like a little blue point and shoot that I used to have like in my purse. And how grateful I am that I don't, I don't have, I don't travel anymore with my little point and shoot. <laughs> <laughs> but can we also acknowledge that technology, when it comes to photography, advances so fast? So here's my unpopular opinion, is that I feel like the camera that is on most people's phones today is a hundred times better than cameras that you would buy specifically to be a camera like 10 years ago. And you have the fine art background that I have as well. So you know, like part of your program is you're literally making pictures out of like a Altoids tin or an oatmeal box, you know, black electrical tape and a piece of photo paper. Like there's no electronics involved in that at all. So it's totally not the tool. It's pausing for a moment and deciding what emotion or what lighting are you seeing with your eyes in front of you that you want to capture. Yeah, actually, photography, the way that I, the way that you just reminded me of something. So when I was studying spiritual psychology, um, one of my projects that I had uh, was track uh, tracking moments of wonder. Mm. It was uh, an exercise to kind of become aware of the awe in the world around you. And as a photographer, that made me even more aware of tracking the moments of awe in my life. And I think that if you don't have enough moments of awe, of awe or wonder in your life, maybe that's something that it would be actually very healing for you to have. Like, why don't you allow yourself to have moments of wonder and awe? Why are you depriving yourself of that? I love this project that you're mentioning. It makes me think about, um, I had one where we had to do like a self-portrait Um we had to like do self-portraits of ourselves in multiple ways and in multiple settings. And I feel like that was an exercise that surprisingly was requiring me and others in my classes in college to take in the wonder and awe of things about ourselves and about our features or our body that maybe um, we hadn't noticed before. And it was a very healing experience for many people. And it also, I feel like, made them more confident on camera. Because <laughs> sometimes mm -hmm. we photographed each other to get our projects done. Um, I'm wondering if you see that showing up in your work with your clients. 
through self-portrait confidence where like the more they're photographing themselves, the more confident they are. Yes. Oh, I think that's huge. I think that, um, so for example, a photograph is this split second moment in the whole of your existence, right? And sometimes a bad photo is just a, a bad photo, right? It's just like a moment, like, like, for example, like the difference between an inhale and an exhale, right? It's just, it can be that quick, like having your eyes closed when I open or whatever. Like, I'm just saying like capturing like an action, right? And right. <laughs> I, th- I think a lot of the times, like if you were taking a photo by a friend or a group shot or whatever, I don't know what, what, what moments guard you. <laughs> Mm. Uh, I think it's so easy to forget that that photo is not a full representation of who you are. And so the more you practice taking your own self-portrait, the more you're able to acknowledge, oh, this is a great photo. This is, maybe I can delete this one. You know, I don't need to see that. Um, And I think that the more more comfortable you're on a camera, the better the photo, right? So, I usually teach my students how to kind of build in practices to relax on camera, not only with the speech psychology tools in terms of like there's something there, because when we're awkward or when we are kind of like uncomfortable with that vulnerability, we freeze, we stop breathing. There's all these like, I don't know, dead eyes going on. Like there's a lot going on. You tense up. There's You tense up. So I think it's important that... (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my god yes so it's a very physiological response to what you're experiencing because i feel like um it's like if you ever had this fear of being seen the camera is this one eye person that is all focused on you right so of course you're gonna have that fear being exacerbated right like it's gonna be it's gonna you have you're gonna have a flare-up of that fear so What's important is to have complete inner cooperation with a part of yourself that felt that fear and compassion for that part of yourself and just bringing that part of yourself on board with the project, right? Um, So I think that's the opportunity for healing. And it goes beyond the photo. Like, how would you show up in the world if you felt confident in in yourself uh, or if that part of yourself that felt that fear of being seen was not there anymore or like was healed like how how would your life be different how would your brand be different right so i think that that's the part of yourself that you want to really um work on as well uh with the tech stuff but like also the inner stuff right yeah i i think that there's so much opportunity to be able to witness yourself differently as you begin to take images of yourself. And we talk here so much about how a large part of your brand is that public perception of you, not necessarily what you did, but those things all contribute to it. And who better to decide what your image is going to look like than you? Um, Especially, you know, as we talk about this now here in the DC area um, and still in many other cities in the United States and other countries there is still a global pandemic happening and you may not feel comfortable working with a local photographer just yet, or maybe you haven't found one in your area that you enjoy. And also there's just times where 
having um, a photographer with you is not practical because you're in the moment and the thing is happening now and you couldn't have scheduled that even if you wanted to. And so having that skill set, um, I think also translates into being able to capture pictures of your family members and your friends and your children in a very different light as well. I know um, on your journey that as someone who does photography for a living and has a photo business in your area and you travel for that as well, that you spend a good amount of your time with the camera in front of your face. And as someone who has been in those shoes as well and spent a lot of time in that, there can be times where you can fall into feeling a bit invisible and realizing that you don't have a lot of pictures of yourself because you're the one that's always taking the pictures of other people. So it's kind of an afterthought <laughs> to get a picture exactly. of you. Um, and I'm just wondering in your journey of going from potentially that to where you are now, where you have so many beautiful photos of yourself. Um, and when I say beautiful, I mean that they're just so intimate and you can truly feel your energy and who you are on Instagram and on your social channels and on your website. What is one action that you took in that process to being able to create this photo archive and show up more consistently that you think would be helpful for the listeners to consider taking themselves? I don't think there's just one uh, step, but so when I'm planning like a photo shoot or like I, I need photos, right? Um, I start by gathering inspiration. Um, I kind of tune in to myself to see what is the actual intention for this shoot? What is the quality that I would like to express? And I, based on that, I gather inspiration for poses, inspiration for outfits, inspiration for makeup and hair and all that good stuff. And I can have the perfect mood board, but if I don't put it in my calendar <laughs> and if I don't, <laughs> and if I do not um, address what, what whole, what is holding me back from putting it, making the time to actually take the photo. I can spend a month without doing it. And like, for example, during quarantine, I gained a lot of weight. I'm still with the same weight. <laughs> I haven't been able to release it. <laughs> and I noticed that I was holding myself back from uh, taking, I had the mood board, I had all the things, but I was holding myself back from taking those photos because I felt that I was not going to like what I was going to see through the lens that I was, I was going to see myself with the extra weight and that I was going to feel sad or bad or judge myself. Right. And that held me back for a month or two. And so that's the work that I need to do. I needed to forgive myself for judging myself for buying into the misbelief that my weight has anything to do with my lovability. Uh, and such a powerful share there. And I'm sure you know, but you are not alone. <laughs> I will raise my hand and say that I put on some COVID weight too. And so many others have. And I think that um, you sharing that can allow them to also have permission to forgive themselves for something very similar. Yeah, well, whatever that is for you. I feel like now that I'm getting older, I'm paying more attention to my gray hairs or my wrinkles or 
um, it's just all bullshit, right? It's just like whatever we think is not perfect enough or good enough. And it's just that inner work is the only thing that is keeping you from actually creating a body of work. Because once you are compassionate to your, towards yourself consciously, because people, a lot of people say a lot of positive affirmations here and there, and they know it intellectually, but they don't actually know it in their heart. Mm. So it's about bringing it back to the healing, which is the application of love in the places that hurt. So, so powerful. Well, I have a feeling that I'm going to have you back here on the show because we didn't get to talk about some other things that just <laughs> popped up as we continue to talk. <laughs> but I know um, we must we must go soon. So for anyone listening who is super curious, um, I will be sharing a special link to give you free access to an amazing masterclass that I had the pleasure of taking called Five Steps to Creating High-Quality Photos of Yourself. So make sure that you take a look at the show notes or the episode description for that. And Lucia, could you share a little bit about what they'll find in that masterclass? They will find like my framework that I use for taking my own photos why you are the most qualified person to take your own photos, even if you feel awkward and how to fix that. And a lot of a lot of more good stuff. Um, a little bit more about spiritual psychology that I talked about in here. And um, I think it's just going to give you a lot of inspiration um, about taking your own photos. I truly do. So um, I hope you take it and let me know how you like it. Please let me know as well. It's so good. Um, and I know some of you listening have been experimenting with presets as well as I um, to just kind of save some time editing your pictures. <laughs> and it's really challenging to find presets that don't look super filtered and also work on uh, medium to darker skin tones. So we'll also put a link in the show notes because Lucia, you recently created a really cool preset. Um, and you're giving it away for free, which is so kind of you. Yeah. And I also, I made that preset into an Instagram filter. <laughs> so if you want to. I know. I know. I didn't realize I was so techie, but I guess I am. Um, so if you go to my Instagram. <laughs> I am very stubborn when I want to figure something out. So I was able to create my preset into an Instagram filter. And it has changed my life. Because I was getting, I was so, I know that we, we said we were wrapping, but I just want to share a, a small story about filters because Instagram, um, it was so hard to find something that kind of colors the photo or the stories a little bit without changing your face. And yes. I realized I was using a filter that was changing my face and I did not realize it. And it was starting to create a kind of like a body dysmorphia situation where if I was not using the filter or if I was looking at myself in the mirror, I was like feeling weird. And so I realized later on that it was like the filter that was changing my face and that my brain was rewiring me to think that that's what I look like. So therefore, whenever I was not seeing that, I made it look, I, I was just having this disassociation with myself. And so I decided to create my own preset, uh, my own Instagram filter and using the presets that I use for my photos into my Instagram. So 
if you go to my profile uh, and you see like the tabs between like uh, feed, reels, videos, there's one that looks like three little stars. That's the filter one. And then you can try it from there. Well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> because I noticed the same thing that you're sharing. That so many of those filters, a lot like Snapchat filters back in the day, will subtly yeah. change your face. They'll make your eyes bigger. They'll make you look like you have eyeliner or mascara on. They'll change your jawline or your lip size. And if you're not paying attention, you don't even notice that it's doing that. And just like you said, it can create this distortion between like what you think you actually look like in reality versus what the filter is doing. Mm. Well, since we haven't shared that yet, could you please talk about like what your Instagram handle is and where people can come find you if they want to oh, keep in touch? <laughs> you can find me at the Lucia's. And I'll make sure that the link is in the comments. Um, the comments. Oh my gosh. The show notes <laughs> for each of you <laughs> for that as well. And as you know, if you're already following us on Instagram, we always tag our guest when we reshare the podcast episode. So you can also find Lucia that way as well. Well, this wouldn't be a Flaunt Your Fire episode if I didn't close with asking you, what does flaunting your fire mean for you right now? Hmm, I like it. Well, to me, is using my voice mm. and being in this podcast is part of like flaunting my fire because I struggled a lot uh, with self judgment around my accent, and now I'm able to use my voice to share without being held back by that judgment that I used to have. So for me, um, I'm even thinking of launching my own podcast, and so that for me is my next step. But being on other people's podcasts has allowed me to feel more empowered to do that. I'm so glad to hear that that's coming up for you. And I know you already know I am in your corner rooting for you, but please continue to use your voice. You have an incredible story and people are just getting one little slither of that here, but you've had such an interesting journey in your life and in the way that you show up in the world. And every single time I've interacted with you and you've used your voice in conversation with me and with our community at Pause on the Play, it's just created so much love and so much impact and understanding. So please keep using your voice. Thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, one of my favorite things about Pause on the Play, the community, is the ability to meet and network with and get to know diverse individuals like Lucia. I mean, Lucia and I come from completely different countries even, but we have so much in common. And that's not lost on me that there's always an opportunity to connect and share humanity and make new friends. And if you've listened to this episode and what we've said has resonated with you, I'm going to encourage you to head on over to pauseontheplay.com slash self, S-E-L-F-P, short for self-portrait. And that is where you will find all the good information about Lucia's free masterclass on how to be able to create high quality photos of yourself. And I'm excited for you to be able to do that because I know that it is something that has been on the radar for so many people right now. 
And it's something that is accessible for people at any time. Your phone is always with you for most people. And for most people, that phone has a camera. And so it just opens up a world of possibility when you think about the visual side of your content that is being used on social and in your newsletters and in so many places. Coming soon on the podcast is an array of very interesting and dynamic and diverse conversations with some pretty cool guests. So make sure you stay tuned and go ahead and head over to flauntyourfire.com slash rate to let us know what you want to hear more of here on the podcast. We take a look at your ratings and written reviews and those written reviews inform what conversations we continue to have here. We love your feedback. The Flaunt Your Fire podcast is brought to you by Pause on the Play. You can learn more about its community, workshops, and podcasts by visiting pauseontheplay.com. The Flaunt Your Fire podcast is recorded on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, also known as the Piscataway people. This land is known by many as the capital of the United States, Washington, D.C., and its surrounding areas. Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From implicit to explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take, and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?